This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. They say beauty can come in many places, and today our guest has proven just that. Jeanette gauchier Shadowan, founder and director of the Butterfly Project, is here today to talk with us about the wonderful work she's doing to help women and girls who were victims of human trafficking. Plus, Michelle and I will we'll talk about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. And if you'd like to be part of the show, listen, we'd love you to call. You just give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email us at marshall at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Take the greats, Ella, Coltrane, Dinah, Miles, and Monk. Mix in the contemporary giants like Shure, Rittenauer, Crawl, Malone, and Benson. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking. I'm Marshall Ramsey. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Hey, happy Monday. Hope you're having a great day out there. Uh, A little bit wet and a little bit damp, but hey, that's kind of what we've been doing for about the last six months. But anyway, welcome. we got a great show today. And uh, of course, it is the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. And we do have a really powerful story today, um, one that is ripped straight out of the headlines. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Of course, each year, millions of women and girls are sold into sex slavery around the world, including here in the U.S. I know that kind of blows you away. Um, I lived fat, dumb, and happy and naive for a long time, too. And then when you start realizing this is going on in your own backyard, it's pretty uh, powerful. A small percentage are rescued each year, and many support themselves in shelters where they live by creating beautiful jewelry and other handmade products. Our guest today helps market and sell that jewelry uh, that the survivors make. Jeanne gauchier Shadowan is the founder and director of the Butterfly Project, and she's here in the studio, and we'll talk to her in a few minutes about her amazing story. She, you know, to be honest with you, I was talking with her a little bit in the green room, and I always love that. I love to visit with guests a little bit before we come on the air. It kind of gives a chance to get to know a little bit. Her life and it's just as a whole is fascinating, and I think you're going to love hearing about her life, too, and you're going to love her. She's just a lot of energy, and I wish I had half her energy on a Monday. And a beautiful smile. Oh, my gosh. She's just got the biggest smile. Yeah, I mean, smile. and the thing is, her heart is right Infectious. there on her sleeve. You know, I'm just, she's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm just so, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for, for getting her on the show. Oh, yeah. I found yeah. out about her, and had to share the uh, her story with the world. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what we do here. Again, well, we do that. I say that every week. But, again, stories of Mississippians doing great things outside of themselves, that's what we're about here at uh, MPB. Right. And, you know, her story is so amazing that not only we're going to do it with the radio, but I'm also do it on conversations on right. the television show, too. So because if you don't catch it here, you can catch it on conversations. Catch it everywhere because that's what we do. Or, uh-huh. you can go to mpbonline.org. Of course. And listen to, a, listen to the podcast. Exactly. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, you're going to throw in a, something new to the show today. Yeah. I'm going to talk about uh, moments in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next week, I'll bring some Mississippi moments of history. But today's moments in history come from, um, of course, on April 8th, 1789. Wow, long time ago. The U.S. House of Representatives holds its first meeting. So imagine that today in history. The House of Representatives had their first meeting. I wonder what uh, that meeting was about. I wonder what they talked about. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting just to see the progression of America. I would love that. Yeah, they're probably arguing about who got what office, (laughs) knowing how the House normally works. (laughs) And on April 8th, 1974, Hank Aaron hits his 715th home run, breaking Babe Ruth's record. Back in the 1974. I saw 713. 
I, I grew up in Atlanta. Oh, you uh, yeah. saw 713. No, I saw, I saw oh, him hit 713. I grew up in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Dad used to take me to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium to watch the Braves. It was usually, usually it was about me, Chief Nakahoma, and about 16 other people. There were usually weren't big crowds. But uh, Hank Aaron was my hero growing up. So a few years ago, I did a cartoon about him back when, you know, Barry Bonds was about to break his record. And so I did one of, um, you know, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron in the Hall of Fame, the little plaques. And the um, kid was asking what kind of performance enhancer were they on? Mm -hmm. And the dad says talent. Because they really were just amazing. Of course, Hank Aaron had to put up with an incredible amount of grief while he was doing it, too. He's getting all kinds of threats when he was about to break. So anyway, I did the cartoon. USA Today picks up the cartoon, runs, and I get a call the next day, and it's I can't remember her name, but she said, "Hi, I'm I'm I say I'm Jeannie or whatever from Mr. Aaron's office. I'm his assistant, and he would really like to uh, have the cartoon." And I'm like, um, "Mr. Hank Aaron, by chance?" "Yes, sir." Um, and I thought for a second. I said, I'll, "I'll give you a deal here." And she said, "What?" I said, "I'll give you the cartoon." If I can send a copy of it and have Mr. Aaron sign it for me. And so he did. And I've got that. And, you know, and that's, I mean, forget the whole, I got Hank Aaron's signature mm-hmm. thing. It's like me, as, I've, when I got that and pulled it out of the envelope, it was like I was a little kid. Wow. It was so cool. That is cool. Defining moments in life. You it know, was. Think it, about uh, what you do every day and how it affects people and how it affects you. you yeah. Know? I got to throw out a couple props to, of course, Karen Brown and Desiree Frazier, who who scored big on the AP Awards over the weekend. And I have the honor with Karen Brown of him seeing it. So basically, I would announce like a bunch of categories, and then she would announce a bunch of categories. And since it was Louisiana and Mississippi, there were a lot of French pronunciations. As you can tell today, I kind of stumble over that a little bit. I'm glad we have Jeanne, it. Yeah, exactly. Gaucher, yeah. Chidoin. Exactly. And, and I did nail it. I got it right. So, I mean, I don't. she hasn't objected too loudly anyway. But I was like, it was like, Mr. I can butcher every single name. And what was really the worst part about it was that Robin Roberts was sitting right in front of me. And I kept looking at her and she had to be thinking, where did they dig up this guy? Oh you know, and but the the thing that was really special about it, and I think Karen would agree with me. Number one, it was cool to see Karen win awards because mm-hmm. I think she's so stinking talented. Mm-hmm. But was also cool was um, sitting there watching the looks on the Roberts family's faces when Sally Ann, who's of course Robin Roberts' sister, who, who retired last year in New Orleans as an, a longtime anchor. Uh, was put into the Hall of Fame. Mm. I have never seen a family more proud of a moment. Wow. And it was just awesome to watch. Now, one of the sisters is Dorothy. Mm. And Dorothy has a shop called The Robin's Nest down in Past Christiane. And she just opened it up. She just retired. Uh, but I met her a few years ago, and she was the nicest human being on the planet. And I'm like, I, I was asking Dorothy on the way out, I said, what is it with you guys? You guys are, like, happy. You like each other. And she said, it was my parents. Mm. It was our parents. We had great parents. And it I makes said, a difference. Oh, it just does. a huge difference. But there were a couple other folks uh, here from here, Mississippi. Um, oh, Lindsay's, Lindsay Hoff, who's an anchor in, in Meridian, who's a longtime anchor. And, you know, in the media business, a lot of times, and you know this, uh, you know, but there are people that climb that, you know, have to go to a bigger market and a bigger market. And that's how you usually end up making more money. Well, Lindsay got to Meridian and he loved it. And has literally been there. I think he started in 1986 or 87. Yeah, that was about the time I got out of high school. So that Mm. was forever ago. (laughs) Well, anyway, he was a longtime sports guy. And then he took over the main anchor job. I think he's at WTOK. If I'm wrong, please shoot me on that. But um, I met him. Oh, gosh, I was over there for a book signing and a speech. Nice. I mean, you talk about somebody that just loves what they do. So to see somebody like that get into the Hall of Fame, it just shows you that you can make a difference where you're at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I very think impressed. It's- better when you're doing something and it's organic, when you're doing something and mm-hmm. it comes from within and it's not forced, it's not coerced, right. it's because you want to be there, truth will come out, truth will prevail and people can sense that when it's for real and it's what you it is. want yeah, that's... and it comes across the airways, it comes across the television uh, airways as well when you're doing something and it's what you want to do and it's genuine people notice it and people feel it. That is the truth because, I mean, there are so many times you can see people and you can tell they're faking it because mm-hmm. the thing about television or, and I guess radio too mm-hmm. is it just magnifies anything that you're putting out there. <laughs> oh, so like definitely. you get a couple mm-hmm. anchors that hate each other, you, you can, can sense, sense that tension, man. You can sense it on the air and it's funny, I've been in radio, oh my God, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. You can tell um, when someone gets on the air and they're not 
uh, comfortable. You can tell. You can hear all. Oh, that that's me every time. Voice. Well, no, yeah, no. You, you can hear through the voice. Uh, um, right. And again, when it's for you and um, and it's organic. It just it works. It works. It does. It's very natural and it's very comfortable and um, yeah, it, it really was good. And that's the thing. Lindsay's that way. He's just just a great guy. So and it shows. And another one of the winners was uh, a cameraman from WLBT. Uh, yeah, Mike Evans. And if you look him up on Twitter, he's a great person to follow because this guy has got a really great sense of breaking news. Mm. So anything he does, you know, usually if you see a tweet, I think it's Crabbers is actually his uh, Twitter handle, mm-hmm. but you see his stuff pop up and you realize, oh, something's important going on. But mm. but it's nice too to see somebody, because you had Sally Ann who's just, everybody loves and mm-hmm. has had this amazing career. And then you have somebody who's really behind the scenes mm-hmm. and yet is still getting the same kind of they love. They make it work. You know, like yeah. you said, oh, no it, to, it works together. You can't be in front of the camera without someone holding the camera <laughs> and the yeah. angles have to be right. And um, we shout out to everyone behind the scenes in any type of media uh, oh, sure. area. They they make it all happen. They do. Um, tell everyone what awards uh, Karen won. Oh, she got, I don't, uh, don't okay. it, no, it was, it was top radio personality, I think. Oh. And Karen's going to burst through here in just a second and tell me to hush. Because number one, she's well, very no. modest about it. We want to talk sh- about it here on MPB. She's no, ours. She's ours. She's no, ours. I mean, and that's my bad because I should have it written down. I need but, somebody to come tell me. I know they're no, no. listening right now. Yeah, come They'll on, Karen. tell me Yeah, come in on, Karen. Second. Come in here and brag on yourself, <laughs> which will never happen in a million no, years. No, someone else is going to come in and yeah, tell them. We'll tell you guys in a second what awards Karen won Because I literally, okay, we started. Started a little bit after seven o'clock, and we got done at ten thirty. Oh, so wow. it was a long evening, and there were a lot of awards. So okay. there's like that's why my brain's not working. And I'm about to do as soon as I leave here, I'm heading over to downtown Jackson and the Give Awards, which is the governor's initiative for volunteer excellence, I believe. But anyway, Give Mississippi or or y'all Mississippi. What the heck? Okay, my it's brain's give. not working today. Give. It's the Give Awards. Uh-huh. So basically, and the governor will be there. But the, the nice thing about it is these are. Um, a handful of people who go above and beyond mm-hmm. giving quietly. They don't expect any recognition. Right. They don't, and they're going to get recognition. Mm-hmm. So that's really a lot of fun to see people that absolutely in a million years would not want any recognition mm-hmm. get it. And, and we I think have that's one great. here today. <laughs> that needs a give award. Exactly. Oh my gosh! We're gonna. Well, I gave thing. her a little award from MPB, but she gets a big award. I tell my you heart. what, and she and I were talking about that because mm-hmm. she's and she'll tell a little bit about her life story. She's oh, had some. She, she's had some tough things happen mm-hmm. to her, and it, I think that because she's putting so much of her heart out into the universe, mm-hmm. I think she's going to get back some great things. Oh, and so will. I'm glad that she's on here to t- kind of talk about it a little bit. Too. That's going to be great. So we will talk to her in just a second. Ah, we'll take a quick break and we return. We'll welcome our, our guest, Jeanne Gauthier Shadowan, founder and director of the Butterfly Project. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome back. Hope you're having a great day today. Thanks for being part of the show and listening. We'd love that. And, of course, if you want to give us a call, it is uh, 877-672-7464. I interrupted the news meeting. Karen won for News Anchor. And basically the show won for, like, you know, the radio event or something like that. So those were the two awards. Yeah, I know. Great. Look, we got a fantastic guest today. I can't wait to bring her on. Uh, Of course, um, Founder, director of the Butterfly Project, Janae Gauthier Shadowan has got an incredible life story. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think right now she's just putting her heart into helping other people. Shanae, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. You and, I, you and I were talking about how we forget things all the time. Yeah. 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 You have a better excuse than I do, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, tell tell everybody where you have been for the last couple months. Oh, you've been, you've been yeah, you've been in the hospital. In the hospital. Good yeah. grief. And okay, so. You're down in New Orleans. You're minding your own business. Well, I'm trying to enjoy some beignets and hot chocolate with my niece and nephew before they hit a plane at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, one right. of those early flights out mm-hmm. to Chicago. And so we decided to stop and have some uh, quick little snack before they left. Nobody's on the streets, no traffic, no anything. We go in, have a nice hot chocolate and a beignet. Um, to walk out to the car, getting in the car, I was hit by a uh, a Cherokee Jeep. Hit and run. Just hit and run. Absolutely. And left you in a tangled mess on the ground. Right, for my wow. 18-year-old niece to pick up and gather. Wow. And I had an 11-year-old nephew there as well that had to witness that whole thing. Oh, so. my gosh. And you were pretty, pretty, you were hurt pretty badly. I was hurt pretty bad. I was in the hospital for about a month. Um, I, I did not slip through any fingers, though. They took such good care of me. I oh, was good. over at University Medical in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I was right there at Cafe du Monde when we got hit. So yeah. they just... Uh, shipped me right over to university and even though i was there for probably too long i'm i'm getting all healed up and yeah i mean you can't i mean because it it, your hip it broke your hip uh it was actually my pelvis your pelvis oh that's even oh god that's even worse i had a shattered shoulder and your shoulder and you you cracked your skull beautiful well skull fracture brain bleed they were throwing in all kind of words so and you're here that's right exactly you're so excited you know in a way we were talking about that a little bit before we got on the air you wouldn't have ended up in Mississippi if that had happened. I wouldn't have ended up in, exactly, because yeah. I had just returned from South Florida from Hurricane Katrina. I yeah. had been gone since Katrina. Right. And so had returned, decided to live in New Orleans for a little while, got a sweet little um, shotgun over on Royal Street. Oh, fun. Oh, my God, I loved it so much. Gosh, I was there for a couple of years, and I'll be darned, dang it, and then I'm back in Biloxi. So that's <laughs> fine. I mean, whatever it takes to get me back to my mama's house, it's all good. Well, we're blessed for it, too. Well, let's start from the beginning. Where are you originally from? Originally, well, I was born in Starkville. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, they were in school. Uh-huh. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from I'm from the coast right here. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So you're from, you're from here, um, but you spent some time down in, in the France. In the south of France. I was in France for 15 years. I married a uh, French man, had my beautiful French children uh, down in the south of France on the Riviera in St. Raphael, and uh, came back home. Unfortunately, n- never made it back to Europe after 9-11, yeah. but my children did. My, my children went back. Uh, my daughter went back to school, and she came back. My sons visited, and... Um All right, so you, you can actually give a definitive pronunciation of Gautier. I can, and it is pronounced Gautier. Gautier. But we like to say Gautier here in Gautier. Mississippi. That's yeah. right. All right, but you have a good... Re- now, you're actually... Uh, related to the founder. I am, of yeah. The city. My great great, maybe three great grandpa's back, Fernandez. Fernandez oh, wow. Uh huh. That Does that my mean, grandpa's grandpa. Do so. you get like a discount when you go I, visit? I would think. I mean, come on. <laughs> that, that is really cool. So a little bit. Now, let's talk about some of the things. What did you do before you came back to him? I and mean, what, what are some of the things you've done with your life? Well, I've always been involved in fashion. So, mm-hmm. um, some of my favorite things are doing fashion events and fashion shows and coordinating outfits and styling and things like that. So I've always been involved in the fashion and accessory industry for okay. years. So yeah. the jewelry was kind of a natural thing well, for you. I'll to- tell you what, it's funny um, how God will lead you on your path, but that's yeah. exactly what happened. I was involved in selling jewelry. Uh, prior to founding the foundation, and sure enough, that's a, it, it's just like it all kind of uh, plays out. If you listen to that still small voice, it just plays out. And I would never have thought that I would be um, an advocate and so passionately involved in uh, jewelry making for survivors of right. sex trafficking. But I'll be darned if not that uh, um, those years in the jewelry industry didn't lay this foundation for me. That's right. It's like every step of your journey has led to you that sitting in this chair right now today. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love this. Well, and I can say that mm-hmm. every step of my journey was just even months ago when I was listening to your show and thought, wow, I bet Marsha would really like to know about the Butterfly Project. Et voilà. Uh, there you go. Well, and I definitely do. And like I said, I want to hear about it so much. I'm even going to put you on television, too, because I think it's <laughs> it's really an important story. And it's so in the news right now. And so we'll get into a little bit more into depth about that. I want to talk about you just for just a little bit more. You were living in Biloxi when Katrina hit. 
Talk I about was. that experience. I was. I was in I was in Biloxi when Katrina hit. I had just recently moved into uh into the Gulf Coast for just maybe a year, not even before Katrina hit, had relocated from uh the south of France yeah. with the children and um lost well, my my home and the church and oh, my job. Wow. We lost everything. So I refuged to my precious father's out in uh, South Florida, and we stayed at his house, obviously, and healed ourselves up and uh, just continued further south and uh, in Florida and just got into the uh, Melbourne area, yeah. which is where my children are now. Okay. And... Um, I have returned back to the coast. It's only, like I said, been a couple of years, but wow, have things been going fast since I've been here. Oh, just incredible. What was your first impression when you came back, though? I mean, you're probably like... Well, what am I doing? Yeah, here? no, I mean, yeah, no. But I mean <laughs> no, just looking around at the coast and how it's recovered and how it's changed. But no, oh, well, no. Yeah. what was your reaction when you got here? It's like, what happened? I was yeah. in France. I'm I here. Know, I know. What ha- this is if it's out of France. Um, no, of course, you know... I lived with uh, my family. My 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 father actually uh, lived in many different states here in America, and so yeah. I got to I got to learn a lot about the different states here in 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 the United States. Um, but we always came back to Bluxy because our grandparents were here. Right. You know, my my other grandparents besides the Goches are in Biloxi, but we also have grandparents in Bay St. Louis. Oh, cool. So it was the Gulf Coast was always home, right. no matter where we were living, whether it was Arkansas, Kansas, or whichever state we were landed in. Gulf Coast was always home. So coming back home is what it always feels like when I when I get back to the coast. And it's funny how you have, like life gives you a home base like that. Oh, absolutely. And I think I've seen. I'm sure, you know, I don't think that it's Facebook. I'm going to go way back before Facebook. But I've always seen an expression that says home is where your mom is. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't matter where your big, beautiful house is. But if your mom is house, that's right. And that's such a Mississippi thing, too. Well, it is. I always joke. Nobody's from Jackson. They're they're from where their mom is from. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) that's always the, the truth there. On Katrina, were you there during the storm, and did y'all evacuate? I was at my mom's house. Oh, gosh. So y'all, so y'all rode through it. Absolutely, we did. And do you know that it only stopped just, uh, I'm going to say, yards oh, gosh. from mothers. That's she's, the worst she's feeling. She's not even a mile off of the beach. So literally, uh, her house and her street were were saved, but only by yards because... You know, just yeah. a couple of feet up was destroyed, of course. Wow. So she told me, and I was actually much closer to the water and lost my home. But when when she said, bring the children here, bring whatever you want to save yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. of course, that's my fashion. So I had all my clothes in the car at the time. Yeah. <laughs> that is not what I would like save now, but is what I saved it in. So really, I started off with just my clothing and the children when we all started to wow. put everything into a uh, U-Haul up to my daddy's in Florida. Yeah. But I would think that, that that whole experience probably taught you one thing. It's like no matter what happens to you, you know that you can survive and that you're resilient. I'm a survivor. You are. You are big time. But it was, which is perfect for what you do now. Absolutely. And I, and I never considered myself a survivor until today so thank you for reminding me well i don't know i think getting hit by a driver <laughs> and pretty you know coming back from that i think yeah i think you qualify you deserve the discount card as well um but you know i think it fueled your passion though it did it did feel it fueled my passion just to leave a uh, a small footprint on the world i think yeah. uh, as we say in france a woman of a certain age um <laughs> We, we would like to leave a footprint, and um, hopefully I'm hoping that the Butterfly Project will be my my shadow, my uh, footprint to look oh, back Oh, I on. think so. Don't you? I, I definitely agree. i tell you what, Michelle, why don't we take a quick break now and, and do that, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that footprint. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll return. We'll continue our conversation with Jeanne, Jeanne Gauthier. You got this. You got this. There you go. <sighs> Yay. And, of course, we're going to find out more about the Butterfly Project as well. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, too, at marshall at mpbonline.org. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org underwriting. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'd like to thank the Now You're Talking Orchestra for this wonderful bumper music. They're fantastic. They're right behind me playing. We have a great guest today. If you're just joining us, our guest is Jeanet Gauthier Shadon. I got that right. I always like to have a nice pause in between there, so sorry about that. She's the founder and director of the Butterfly Project, and we'll get into that in just a second because I tell you what, you've probably seen on the news um, all the stories about human trafficking, and if you're probably like me, you're probably just fat, dumb, and happy and just kind of go through life naive and not realizing how serious, incredibly serious it is. And when you get something that's that dark and that frightening, um, there are just huge beacons of light out there that help make people's lives better. And you know what? One of them is sitting in the studio with us today. And of course, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Because, you know, it's your show too. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Johnny, we were talking a little bit earlier. You had, you mentioned my cartoon that I did about Barbara Bush. I did, yeah. Yeah, and, and you were complimenting me. Thank you, by the way. Um, it's so funny because it's like, it's, that's kind of my tattoo now, you know, that I, I drew bet. that cartoon. I bet. You, of course, and, and I've said this many times, that you know, that that cartoon had a life of its own because not only did the Bush family like it, yay, but that I got to hear from so many parents who had walked that same journey, who had lost a child also. And you, and, and I don't know how, I don't want you to have mention too much on whatever you're comfortable with. But you've lost a child also. So um, I would have to think that that is one of the things that fuels you. It is one of the things that fuels me. Valentine is my daughter's name. And she, um, in in death, uh, has actually um, helped me to live very much. Yeah, she's in your heart right now. Absolutely, absolutely. We keep her very alive in our family. That's awesome. I was talking to your producer, Michelle, earlier about uh, Valentine and... um, we were just sharing some precious moments. And then very casually, Michelle says something about her birthday, December the 19th. So I know that all of my family and friends are going to know that that's Valentine's birthday as well. Yeah. So it was a very special moment for me to hear that and to share that uh, birthday date with you, Michelle. And that that love, I like I said, it propels you. And Let's talk a little bit about the Butterfly Project. How did it begin? Where did you get the idea for it? You know what? I'm really glad that you actually brought Valentine into this because the Butterfly Project, I am absolutely sure with no doubt, uh, is a um, tribute Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my daughter. And I'll, I'll tell you, uh, when you say how did it start, the very first time, and I'm going to actually have to say the second time, The very first time I was even confronted with sex trafficking was, my gosh, I'm going to say in the very early 80s. And the reason uh, was because my baby sister had telephoned saying that she needed a ride home from a big, huge mansion out in Houston, Texas. She did not know where she was. She did not know what the address was. She had gone home with some dude to maybe... I don't know. What do you do? You just, you know, maybe you're going to go and party. Maybe there was something happening. I don't know. But when she got to this home, it was a huge place. There were rooms and girls, and she had a bad feeling. Wow. She had, I don't know, uh, this was one of my very wild and crazy sisters, and she, um, we were constantly kind of having to keep tabs on her as it was. But when she reached out to my family, or I guess obviously it was me and my husband at the time, uh, to come and pick her up, I just thought, okay, here we go. Where is she at now? In fact, she had saved herself from being trafficked. There is absolutely no doubt in both of our mind and my mother's as well when we spoke about this, that this was, she was young, beautiful, you know, blonde. I mean, it was just perfect, you know, not that you have to be young, beautiful, and blonde. Do not get, be mistaken by that. I'm just saying that that's how easy it happens. Hey, hey, you want to have a drink at my house? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, they jump in the car and they're never seen from again. That could have happened very easily to my baby sister. That was the very first time. 
That was before cell phones, too. How was that she, was way before. Yeah, I mean, so no how was idea. she able to get in touch with you? I that's can't incredible. Even, I can't remember. We'd have to go back to her sure, or my but mother. That's but incredible. Literally the, and so, and, and this happened way before, you know, sex trafficking was even a thing, right. air quotes. Because now it really is, like we were talking about earlier, the cause du jour. I really have to say that because it's really, it's what everyone wants to help and jump on in sex trafficking. And that's great. Whatever it takes, man, just... You know, whatever it takes to get people to hands on board, that's uh, that's a wonderful thing. Well, we're not going to mention the business, but you, you had actually approached a business about possibly supporting this, and it made them uncomfortable to even talk about it, which I thought was f- amazing that people still in this day would get uncomfortable about the topic. You know, it's a messy topic. Yeah. It's messy. And, you know, it's a buzzkill at the party, for sure. Right. So when I went to speak with this particular company, and they were very adamant about shutting me down. I mean, they didn't even want to know. I mean, I was given a lecture at a big, fancy place, and I figured, ooh, they're going to love this and jump on board. But when they were like, yeah, yeah, no, not sex trafficking, you know, maybe cheerleading or soccer. And I'm like, guys, I was, I was offended, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty calm. I mean, well, okay, not really, but I I try to be pretty calm, Uh, but I was very offended, man, and I just literally was like, well, what do you mean you don't think you want, what does that even mean, you know, so I I need to kind of pull back, so. Uh, No, I don't think you need to pull back for a second. I think you're fine, Um, but, you know, it's amazing, and I think as a parent, you know, I think we've all had that moment where we're at the mall or someplace like that, and for 30 seconds, we can't find our kid, and it's the most horrifying 30 seconds of our life. But it literally can happen that fast. That's how ha- that's how fast it does happen. Just like you were telling me about your guest Julie Cantrell. Yes, with the little girl or boy. Yeah, in, little, yeah, in the, in the, the restaurant yep. in the Cafe de Monde. Let's just you know say where it was. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's how quick it disappears going into yeah. you know into the bathroom. So there's just so many different uh, tentacles that can grab sex trafficking victims. They can be coerced into thinking they're having a modeling career or they're coming over from Asia to work at Starbucks and be a, you know, this is a big deal to be a barista at Starbucks for people from, not from America. I mean, that's like, you know, Hollywood job, you know, and promises, promises, promises. Even the, even the parents are, are, are tricked. You know, the parents are sometimes, listen to this, the parents literally pay the traffickers to take their children for a better life. They are literally a mile down the street in a brothel, stuck in a corner, chained to a bed, never to be seen again. And this mother just gave 700,000 rupee to get her child to America. Because she's bought into the lie. Voila. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to chime in here. Let's talk about because I know people are listening and saying, "What are they talk? What What is the Butterfly Project?" Let's talk about well, what the Butterfly. Project we're going to do that is. in a sec. I just wanted to set up why mm-hmm. she was doing it. Mm-hmm. So, but. yeah, yeah. Well, the Butterfly Project is just kind of a restoration of um, therapy. It's a very holistic healing. Um, I bring in art and jewelry making into the safe houses where the girls are living in order for them to support themselves, sometimes the children that come along with this crime. Um, And like that, they can see their jewelry online. I give them a venue to sell the jewelry as well. I speak as an advocate on sex trafficking, whether it be in a business to educate the employees on the awareness of sex trafficking. And at that time, um, I present the jewelry for sale. Obviously, you can buy the jewelry online as well, but it's just another revenue to bring income to the girls. But there's therapy, too, and that's one of the things. I I remember hearing you do an interview talking about jewelry therapy. Yes. I mean, talk about a Zen thing. Absolutely. To be able to be so present and so in the moment and so focused. It allows the victims to kind of take themselves out of their pain and just be truly present. And believe me, it's not just the victims that are being healed from this uh, particular holistic therapy. Right. The artist that I catalyst into the safe houses to mentor the girls, they're being healed as well. I mean, I've got artists that... Uh, have told me that this is helping them more than anything that they could give back to the girls that are being helped. So it's really a 360. It just goes all the way around. When you're kind, you get kindness. Right. 
Right, and it's good for them to understand that there are kind people in this world. Amen. Yeah, let me ask you about this. How the idea was that simple? You just said, "Hey, I love jewelry. Where this is something we're going to do." How hard was it to get it off the ground and get it going? Well, now, I, it was a it was an idea for oh my gosh, I'm going to say let, let me just count. If I mm. met Bonnie in um, 2006, seven, eight, nine, so. Our first sponsor, Bonnie Blue, who is a wonderful artist out in Houston, Texas. I met this woman at an art car event, if you're familiar with the art car world. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a fabulous, it's a fabulous thing. And I was telling her about my dream of um, helping these girls. How can I help these girls? What can I do to get the jewelry to America? Because I was dealing with a safe house out of the states, and um, that, and I knew that they were making jewelry, but they didn't have a venue to sell the jewelry. Right. So what they would do a lot of times is give the jewelry to uh, people that would come and see them in the safe house. And there's not a lot of visitors in safe houses for, for good reason. That's what yeah. it is. It's a safe house. It's hidden. It's safe. So uh, there's no way that you you don't go set up at market because you're being healed in a safe house. So I just had to wrap my mind around how can we get the jewelry and get the money back to the girls? And so my girlfriend, Bonnie, says to me, well, what do you need, John? What do you need to make it come true, to make it happen? And I said, well, gosh, Bonnie, I don't know. Uh, Money, I need a check. Yeah. So she sat down and she opened up her checkbook. Wow. And she wrote out a three-digit check. I'm sorry, a a four-digit check and said, go get the jewelry. I did not cash that check for almost three years because life events, yeah, life events, they just happen. I hadn't created the Butterfly Project yet. It was just an idea. But when it came around and when it was time, I had that first financial investment check waiting. And in 2010, we cashed it. Well, talk about it a little bit. I mean, you've talked kind of touching. You get the you get the jewelry and then you sell it. But what are some of the details? Where can people buy the jewelry? Where is that? Okay, well, we'll we're online. We've got a yeah. website, mm-hmm. uh, butterflyprojectjewelry.org, of course. And you can go online and buy the jewelry. Yeah. Um, and the new, the new implication into the Butterfly uh, Project now is implementing the jewelry making and art into the safe houses. So it began by just financially investing into and then returning the investment back to the girls. Now we're actually creating with the girls in the circle. What type of jewelry do they make? It always depends on uh, whatever resources are going on uh, in that country. So Take, for instance, the house in Beijing. Yeah. They have a lot of beautiful semi-precious things. So they, precious, I'm sorry, stones. So they've got pearls and um, wow. coral, yeah. turquoise, all the semi-onyx, things like that. In Haiti, unfortunately, there's a lot of pollution. There's yeah. a lot of trash. So they are recycling the trash and making bags. And I'm sure you've seen fair trade, fair trade crafting. And Mm -hmm. so it's really the resources of the house in the country that they're in. And that's what they're using as donations. They just string whatever's been donated to the house. How do you get in touch with the houses? I contact directly. Well, I tell you what, now I'm so thrilled that the houses are contacting me. They're finding you. Yeah. It's what, you know, so in the beginning, it was I who contacted the directors and asked if we could come in, implement the implement the uh, jewelry making and or whatever they whatever crafting maybe they have already done just let me buy it so i can sell it and re uh, fund the house with those uh, with that investment and everybody needs to understand this this isn't your job this isn't a way for you to make money this isn't a way for you to even buy groceries this is something you're doing to to 100% help those 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 victims. It is. It's a passion. It's a passion. It's a passion. But I do need a job. What well, about uh, to say? Yeah. If, yeah. if anybody knows, with, oh good. Yeah. If you. anybody needs, if anybody needs somebody who's very passionate, and you know, and I can, I'm all over the board. I can do anything. Yeah, that's a, that's the whole thing about oh, being in gosh. a hospital for two months. It tends to it tends to cause slight problems with employment at occasion. I'm so glad you got through that. Okay. Oh, honey, thank you so much. Yeah, the rehab must have been just just nuts. It's okay. It's yeah. it, it was good. I'm just doing so good. You were well taken care of, to say the least. Yes, I am. What are some of the reactions of? I mean, I would think it'd be so rewarding to see the faces of the people that you're helping. But what are some of the reactions that you've gotten? 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, recently, uh, we're working with the Safe House here in uh, on the Gulf Coast, actually. We're very excited about that. I'm very excited about bringing in um, stateside, sta- I mean, lack of a better word, local, yeah. local for us on the coast. But I'm trying to now, I've got a lot of international Safe Houses. Oh, that's in great. Cambodia and India and Beijing. Um, Santa Domingo, that, that's great. Unfortunately, I literally have clients that ask, well, what about the American Safe Houses? Where's that jewelry at? Okay, I was a little offended yeah. because, ma'am, just buy the earrings. Uh, you know, if they're from Beijing. what? But some women literally are like, well, we need, you know, where's the American Safe House jewelry? So I stepped out, and now... Um, I am looking for safe houses here in the States that we can do the same thing with, along with the ones that we're doing here on the coast. That was one of the things, um, you know, on the international front, too. And, of course, humanity is humanity. And I think sometimes people forget that. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, we saw that with the Robert Kraft case down in South Florida about the the brothel that he was caught at. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that was a wake up call for a lot of people realizing, oh, my gosh, it's going on just right down the street from Dude, it's going on literally at the nail salon and i can yeah. probably pick one out and, yeah. and show it to you can i give you a quick example oh please do so a girlfriend of mine um this is a true story mm-hmm. she was getting her nails done and was wearing a pair of butterfly earrings and this is some of my feedback which is kind of confirmation that i might be doing the right thing yeah so they started talking amongst themselves you know how the chairs are all lined up and you start talking to the chick next to you you don't know who she is and all of a sudden you know what her granddaughter's name is and you're talking about how great her earrings are so she says they're from the butterfly project what's the butterfly project this and that all of a sudden talking about the sex trafficking and how it aids and finances the girls i want you to know that when she went to pay her bill she shook the little girl's hand yeah. said thank you and the little girl had left a note in her hand that simply said help wow. and that nail salon was busted three weeks later that's a true story yeah yeah. So, so if you receive that, you just call the police. Is that, uh, yeah. There's a hotline. There's, there's a, a hotline. There's a, there's a sex trafficking hotline that you would call, and of course, that's Homeland Security, and that's a whole nother element. That is not what I do at all. Sure. But I mean, by selling the earrings, by this lady talking about the Butterfly Project, and that little girl didn't say a word, but just put a note in her hand, help. Wow. That's a good good point to take a break, and we're going to do that. We're going to come back, and we're listening, of course, to Jeanne Gauthier-Chadon, the founder-director of the Butterfly Project, and we're talking a little bit about how really what she's doing is amazing, and it's helping support women and girls who've been rescued from human being trafficking rings. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. You look inside your heart. You don't have to be afraid of what you MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Take the greats, Ella, Coltrane, Dinah, Miles, and Monk. Mix in the contemporary giants like Shure, Rittenauer, Kral, Malone, and Benson. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. 
You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. We've had a very powerful show today. Jeanet Gauthier Shadowan, the founder director of the Butterfly Project, is in the studio. And that's amazing. They're an organization that basically supports women and girls who have been rescued from human trafficking rings. Um, Jeanet, you were, you were talking a little bit earlier about what got you into this direction. And I was, you were talking about your sister had really gotten into a very scary situation that could have turned out to be very, if she just didn't have this gut feeling that she needed to get out of there. But you said there was another thing, too, that, that also has, has helped you. Of course, a lot of things. It's so funny. You talk about your whole life. It seems like everything has led you to this moment. It did. It did lead me to this moment. And the other, I, I was going to tell you just real quick about another little story. When I when I relocated from uh, France to the Gulf Coast, um, I met a wonderful woman, and we shared a wonderful relationship, a wonderful friendship. And her daughter was uh, a drug addict in California and actually uh, Los Angeles. And uh, um, as her girlfriend, of course, I hated hearing about her drug addiction and her mother's hurt and pain, and you know me, ready to save the world, so I jump on a plane to go save this little girl. Well, I had no, I thought that she was just a drug addict, and, you know, I would kind of talk her, I don't know what I thought, who the heck knows what you think when you think you're going to save the world. I just got on a plane and did it. But the problem was that she was not just a drug addict, she was actually being trafficked out of a Russian safe house, out of a Russian brothel. I had no idea what sex trafficking was when I went to Los Angeles that year. I was just the chick that was going to save my girlfriend's daughter. And I journaled and prayed. And it was just God-led every moment, every moment, every moment. I, I can't help but say tricked this young lady into thinking that I was not there for her at all specifically, that I just happened to be in town and I just happened to know her address. Her mama wanted me to say, hey, she did not answer the door many times that I knocked on the door. Which is actually one of the symptoms of people that are being trafficked, that they don't want to communicate with you. Oh, right, right. And I only got a couple of words, you know, uh, a couple of words. Did I have a cell phone? I, I, I can't even remember. But I will tell you that... Thank goodness I didn't know to stay away from the Russian brothels. Yeah. Because I just like knocked on the door every morning. Just, hey, I got some cigarettes for you this morning. Hey. You may not be sitting here if you'd Dude, have messed with them. I had yeah. no idea. I had no idea. I didn't. I did not save this little girl. I did not save the world by any means. But I will tell you that it could have possibly been just as little as six months or maybe a year. I don't think that it was a year, but she did come knocking at her mama's door when I was in her mama's house that day. She was so excited. She had said, Mama, and she showed up with her boyfriend who happens to uh, who happened to have been in jail. I didn't even meet him. You know, that that's how, you know, and um, she said, we're ready to get sober. Thank you so much, Shawnee, for coming. I want to meet your children. Where's Valentine? I've heard all about her. And Valentine had been killed oh, wow. just prior to her deciding to uh, oh, wow. get sober. Yeah. But you know what? That's a wonderful thing because it, it led her to her mama's house, the excitement of getting sober, meeting the children, seeing me, seeing her mom. So, you know, in the end, we got her. I didn't get her out, but she got herself out somehow. She got out. Yeah. So. Oh, that's pretty amazing that she yeah. got away. Yes, yeah, she I mean, did. Really did. Yeah, she and did. It's she's some, living a beautiful life on the coast with her own children now. And now with the opioid crisis going on, that's that's even makes it that much more frightening because the addiction levels have gone up so high. You know, Marshall, I like to say when I'm speaking about sex trafficking that you're not always trafficked by a human being. Yeah. You can be trafficked by the drug that you need. I mean, you yeah. know, right. that's a, it's a trafficker. It's exactly. a trafficker. If you've got to do something to get that dope, that means you're coerced in doing things to di- to get it. Right. So I don't care what anyone says when they're like talking about sex trafficking and prostitution. Oh, that's just what these girls want to do. No, it's not. Not unless that's what you want to do. It's not what you want to do. 
I'm talking about women that have been coerced, that have been stolen from their families. I'm not talking about a woman that can decide for herself. Right. That conversation came up a lot after the South Florida incident, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of people say, oh, it's a victimless crime. No, and it turned out it wasn't because on that. But I tell you what, we got a couple minutes left. Let's end this on a very happy note or a positive note, because that's the beauty of what the Butterfly Project's doing. I'm the good end of it. You're the good end that's of right, it. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I'm, I'm the happy end of, of sex yeah. trafficking because we're in the survivor end. We're in the healing and the restoration. So uh, sex trafficking can have a happy ending. And the Butterfly Project is proof of that. Definitely as well. You also donate part of the proceeds to the jewelry sales to the Born to Fly Project. Can you tell I us a little do. bit about that? Born to Fly. Born to Fly is a um, another project that my girlfriend out in, uh, well, I believe that she's moved. But what she does is write books about the lies of a trafficker. And this book is a wordless book. So like that, we can implement it into all of the different countries. Yeah. And uh, just by cartoons uh, and talking to the children about not believing the lies of the trafficker, educating the parents not to believe the lies of the trafficker. And that's what the Born to Fly is. How can people find the Butterfly Project? Butterflyprojectjewelry.org, please. Definitely on that as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, you've got a whole range of different types of jewelry, and every single thing you buy is going to make somebody's life a little bit better. It is. And, you know, it's always – you can buy jewelry all day long at – any jewelry store in America at any mall, but why would you want to spend twenty dollars on a pair of earrings and 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 uh, Fortune five hundred when you can spend it uh, with a story behind it and helping a woman get through this tragedy? Well, that wraps up today's show. I'd like to take, thank our guest Shanae Gauthier Shadowan, founder and director of the Butterfly Project. It's been a great show today. Thank very, you so very much, proud. Thank Marshall. you so much. It's being just great in. being here. Appreciate it. And of All course, right, if you've missed any part of the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen to our podcast at mpbonline.org slash now you're talking. Now you're talking is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by the incredible, amazing, wonderful Michelle McAdoo. Stay, Amen. stay tuned for Southern Remedy Health and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell and join us next week for more Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>